0: Hello and welcome to The Mike Dominic Show. I am, as usual, Mike Dominic. Today is August 18th. See, didn't I tell you to get a bonus one this week? Okay, so today we are doing another one of our features on the Tampa Bay area tech community. We have the folks from the Undercroft, Adam and Chris, the CEO and CIO respectively. Undercroft is a pretty cool place. It's kind of like a hacker space, cybersecurity thing going on. A lot of cool programs, a lot of educational benefits for people just trying to get into the cybersecurity industry and a lot of um, almost like well frankly directly co-working space things for small companies or companies who want to partner i'd encourage you to check it out particularly if you're in the local area i know right now with covid things are a little crazy but this is one of the i think more interesting things going on down in tampa that could bring a lot more uh, for lack of a better word tech buzz to the community so as always the show is brought to you by the mad botter inc that's my software company we do custom development um, in addition to have a few products. In particular, if you need any Python or Ruby development done right now, let us know at themadbotter.com. You can find me at Dumanuku on Twitter. And here's Adam and Chris. All right, Adam and Chris from the Undercroft. So you, you have the most interesting name of anybody who's been on here yet. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Much.
1: <laughs> and I, I think you're talking about the term Undercroft in, in and of itself, correct?
0: definitely wasn't Adam or Chris. Yes, those are, <laughs> bad names. but you know, so what is the Undercroft?
1: Well, I'll give you a real quick, kind of a high level overview of, of what the Undercroft is. And then I'll let Chris kind of talk a little bit about our, uh, our namesake, uh, so to speak. Uh, but the Undercroft, Chris and I uh, really started this very organically, just the two of us uh, remodeling, kind of putting in sweat equity in the uh, historic El Pasaje building here in Ybor City um, in mid 2018. Really what what the goal was with the Undercroft is we recognized a need for a center of gravity for the cybersecurity community here in Tampa, not only to facilitate uh, workforce development and professional development in the field, um, but also to attract companies from outside of the state of Florida or outside of Tampa that are looking to either relocate their existing security businesses here to the Tampa Bay area or start new cybersecurity companies here in the Tampa Bay area and leverage the uh, the talent that we have here, not only within our guild, but in the, uh, the local cybersecurity community. So we really started out in 2018, getting this building up to where it is now. Obviously, we still have a long way we want to go to really turn this building into what it can be. But we started by focusing on bringing in uh, cybersecurity companies, what we call residents, uh, to go ahead and, and take up office space here in the, uh, in the development center um, here at El Pasaje. And then that was pretty much the first six months of 2019. We wanted a real solid foundation on which to build. And that led into our, our soft opening and our Kickstarter campaign last July, where we welcomed, what was it, Chris, about 50 founding members coming out of that? Yep.
2: 53, I think.
1: Yep. That laid the foundation for what is the, the guild, the cybersecurity guild here within the undercroft and what the guild is, Outside of our residents, which are our local companies and startups and companies from outside the area, the Guild is actually very similar to the the Guilds in olden times, or some people use the term Masonic organization sometimes. But uh, our Guild consists of aspiring and existing security practitioners. So what that means is we really have three levels of membership in the Guild, starting with our apprentice level, which are Folks that don't have experience in the field, but are looking to make a transition to security. Whether they be studying for um, or pursuing their degree full time at a local university, they could be studying on their own. They could be in the IT sector um, and displaced by, you know, more recently the COVID pandemic and looking for a way to build their brand, build their network, engage with those folks that are doing the job day to day. What we say kind of on the front lines of this fight day in and day out to build that, uh, that competency, that portfolio of experience, to be able to make the transition into what is our journeyman level, um, which are our members that um, are usually an entry-level to mid-level roles in the local security community. And then on top of that, we have what's called our masters, which are elected annually by the guild membership and aligned with the high levels of what's called the NICE framework. So we have subject matter experts in their specific domain in cybersecurity that guide the activities of the guild here and what our guild members get um, is you know access to obviously these subject matter experts we bring in speakers from all over the um uh, the country uh, to engage with the guild and share information share ideas and really focus on breaking down a lot of the silos that exist most recently what we've done with the uh the covid pandemic is we've recently launched a uh, workforce development program called the undercroft baseline uh, primarily because we saw a need with a lot of people being displaced by the current pandemic uh, for an opportunity to rapidly skill up um, with the practical skills needed to take one of the many open jobs in cybersecurity that exists in the uh, in the region right now. That's kind of a high level overview of the Undercroft. I'll pass it over to Chris right now to talk a little bit about where the Undercroft brand came from, the name and, and really kind of what it's all about.
2: Yeah, so, you know, it was Kind of a, a low because I'm, I'm the least technical person here when it comes to cybersecurity out of our now maybe 100 members, five different resident companies that inhabit this space. So I'm like the least cybersecurity person here. But our goal for creating this place was, I don't know, Michael, if you've ever heard of uh, the DEF CON hacking conference or Black Hat. Oh, I certainly have. Absolutely, right. So, you know, my goal and our vision was to create a place where we could have that that vibe 24-7, 365, whether it's people collaborating on making, you know, some Raspberry Pi password cracking tool, or like Adam said, bringing in speakers from across the country, whether it's live stream or in person. And so trying to get that feeling attracting new companies to Tampa without being too stuffy and corporate. So that's kind of where the name branding, the, all of that kind of fits in. Yeah. I love it.
0: So I have been following, I think our mutual accordion playing friend, Joey. Oh yeah, yeah Joey. I was just talking yeah. to Joey. <laughs> yep. He was actually on the show a few weeks ago. Oh, cool. But following his, he's been blogging about his experience. That's uh, been great. Yeah. Yeah. It looks super interesting. So for folks. I mean, obviously, you guys are in Ebor, which is for people who aren't down here in you know Tampa Bay. It's like we have a lot of people from up north who listen. So, if you think New York has Chelsea, mm-hmm. i right? a part of New York yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Who are you looking for? Because it sounds like you have a pretty wide net. You have some companies that are are they are they working on site? Is that
2: yeah? So we'll um I'll, I'll jump in and then I'll let Adam kind of pick up what I missed. So who we're looking for as far as our guild members, it. it has a wide range. Uh, we need those cybersecurity people that have been in the field for five, 10, 15, 20 years, but we also need those people that are maybe looking to make a career change or in school. You know, we want everybody. We want people that, that have a passion for security that are willing to be mentored. And then we need people that are, are willing to mentor. So that's on the guild piece, the resident piece, I'll let Adam talk about that a little bit.
1: You know, that's that's exactly right, Chris. So kind of hitting on the residents. So I mentioned before what we look for in residents. If you look at the Tampa Bay market from a tech standpoint and more specifically security, we're a very service service industry dominated kind of economy down here in Tampa. So we've got a lot of MSSPs. We got a lot of what we call practical security companies. Kind of what we've seen from a shift standpoint is a lot of, as the cybersecurity industry continues to boom and they continue to have workforce challenges, a lot of the residents we try to attract are companies that might have their corporate headquarters in Washington, D.C., Austin, Texas, Boston, the West Coast, where they have a very competitive talent market and obviously very high labor costs and cost of living. So we target those companies and say, hey, you know, stand up a PMO down here in Tampa. You're, you're going to have a less competitive environment for talent. Oh, by the way if you're at the undercroft you're also engaging with our, our guild so you have really talent at your doorstep all the way from the you know entry level side of the house all the way through you know seasoned practitioners that might be looking for a career change or a career move or the next step in their in their career and then on the flip side of that non-existing or already existing companies being one we really want to be that place where to our individual members you know I'll kind of talk about a, a guild member's journey right so a student at USF decides to join the Undercroft as an apprentice. They're, they're pursuing their bachelor's degree in IT or security, but they're starting to realize, you know, I, I really have no idea how to apply these skills that I'm learning. And also with the proliferation and, and growth, everybody from public to private universities pushing education to online. And obviously we're seeing that in high schools and middle schools because of the pandemic right now, you know, these students are leaving with a degree, or even if they're trying to study on their own or get certifications, they don't have that network. When they go to go to that first job interview, You know, and and the hiring manager asks them, what's your home lab setup look like? They kind of sit there and their jaw drops because there's this expectation that if I read the books, take the tests and pass the course, that I'm going to be able to do good in this industry. It is to a certain extent, but a lot of our apprentices, as Chris mentioned, they have a passion for this. They want to make this their life. So they want to get outside of the classroom and actually meet folks that are doing the job day to day. And that allows them to look forward into the future. Five years from now, where do I want to be? There's so many specific domains or niches in the cybersecurity industry. You could go a management track. You could go a, a pen testing track. And a lot of folks don't think that way at first, and they end up wasting time, money, basically pursuing the wrong course. So a lot of our apprentices are those uh, those folks that um, are looking to join that community of practice. That is what we are here, community of practice. So our apprentices, you know, they come out here, they engage with the guild. And next thing you know, one of our journeymen who happens to be tier two SOC analyst says, hey, we got an opening, Joe Snuffy. I really like you. You've come out to guild nights. You've been participating in projects out here. You know, I get a chance to spot and assess you because I trust you because we're both kind of members of the same community. And then they advance to that journeyman phase where they are now security practitioners that are looking to specialize. So they've made that first leap into kind of the career field. And then you know they build their experience. They hit that five-year experience mark, that 10-year experience mark, they might decide they want to run to be one of our elected masters and residents to serve in that role uh, for a year. And then kind of tying that back to the resident piece, you know, some of these guild members are going to finish out the course of a career making good money in a good industry. Some of these folks, I always say, usually half of every 10 cybersecurity professionals I meet either have their own side business or side hustle, as we call it, yeah. or they would like to start their own business so through the community of practice here we have the ability to make it a lot easier for these organizations you know we run series like hustle like a hacker where we help these individuals learn how to set up an llc Uh, most of these folks are very technical um, but don't really understand the business aspects of it so we provide those services and support through the guild model and then when they're ready to start that llc or jump in full bore they have workspace here they have office space they have lab space We, we have a data center on site where they can rack and stack um you know technology and equipment so it's not hanging out in their garage at home with the the wife threatening to kick them out or the husband threatening to kick them out so <laughs> we should talk about
0: that privately that's, that's
1: kind of uh, the journey so to speak
0: <laughs> so yeah despite my dire need for co-located server space <laughs> all right so it sounds like there's kind of like two things going on here right there's the for lack of a better term educational aspect to it which makes a ton of sense right mm-hmm. And you know, something you had mentioned about the residents kind of struck a chord with me over current, you know, I've been down here, I've been saying three years, it turns out it's actually four. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I am a software developer, we can't do math, apparently, I have seen since I've come down here, you know, my area is more development, you know, kind of web development, uh, IoT development, that kind of thing, more and more either new companies forming in Tampa, right, doing that kind mm-hmm. of thing, or what I anecdotally, totally unscientifically, Perceive as a larger trend of mm-hmm. larger companies, right? We have uh, what Accenture's down here, right? Opening kind of like field offices, yeah, like yeah. Yep. Yep. So is that is that we are experiencing as well in the kind of a
2: cybersecurity frame. Actually, yeah, I'll let Adam hit on that.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting you say that, Michael, because you know when we were anchoring our, our initial residence, you know, we kind of saw two different things. So we saw the uh, you know you look at our existing resident base right now, um, two of our largest um, residents here actually are. Both headquartered out of the uh, uh, the DC Maryland area, um, sure. one of them is an AI company. The other one is a, um, a very very targeted security company that does a lot of really uh, interesting work. But the trend we're seeing, and I mean I'm still getting calls for people that are interested. Hey, you know, I, we're looking at standing up a PMO down in Tampa. And the same thing we hear is you know lack of talent or too much competition for talent, um, but also just the fact that they can, especially in cybersecurity, these companies can have a headquarters in DC. West Coast, New York, Boston, Austin, and charge those rates and be able to pay a really good salary for folks down here in Tampa. So the interesting thing we've seen as well is like some of our residents are starting to attract, we're seeing more individual talent that are leaving the West Coast coming here to Florida because they want to make Florida their home. So I'd say I see the same thing you do, Michael. That's really why we built kind of the resident model into the community of practice was, you know, we saw the need for companies that wanted to bring their operations down here. And we also see how that kind of incubates and grows the ecosystem itself that leads to more homegrown and locally seeded startups, I guess I would say.
2: And we've we've also seen this where, you know, a company wants to explore the Tampa area just to see if they have market fit they don't necessarily want to or have the resources to sign a three to five year commercial lease. So there's a guarantee
1: we are mortgaging your first, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we've
2: where they can start off with a small footprint. And I mean, we've even seen this where uh, somebody will come in, start as a member, they will, you know, start their own LLC, they'll get a dedicated desk, they'll move up to an office, and then they outgrow our space. And then we can help them get space, you know, whether it's, it's, elsewhere in Ebor or, or Tampa. So it's it's really nice because our lease terms are very flexible. So we, we can kind of get those companies here. And if they outgrow our space, that's great, um, as long as they stay in Tampa, because we want companies here. Okay, so, so that's perfect. Let me just hit on that, Chris. If
0: I'm a, you know, I'm someone who goes through your program, I open up an LLC or some sort of firm, mm-hmm. and two or three years go by and now all of a sudden I have like four or five employees and I, and I need my own space. Yeah. Is that the actual, uh, flow for lack of a better word that you're,
2: you're shooting for Is that yeah. a, okay. yeah, that, that would be. So as an individual member, like you said, you know, you, you start off with a monthly membership um, you're coming to guild nights, you've got this, idea that you've been brewing on and, and and you decide to go for it, you know, as a member, you come and you co-work, you know, out of, out of the undercroft, um, sure. you can find people for projects independent contractors, whatever. And then you would move into, if you need an actual dedicated spot where you can kind of set up shop, you can, yeah, yeah. You, you can get a small dedicated desk. That's yours. Like you said, in your, in your story, you've got four or five people, maybe you move into one of our larger offices. And then hopefully for your sake, you guys outgrow the space and we would love that because then, you know, we can help you through our relationships. We could help get you established in a bigger facility if we didn't have anything bigger. And then you would come back into the pipeline for the undercroft as like a community partner where maybe you're, you're sponsoring guild nights or CTFs or hackathons, things like that. So that you can move on, you can grow, but then you're still part of the community. That would be our perfect uh, ideal kind of resident situation. Okay, got it. And you
0: just quickly mentioned uh, hackathons and guild nights. Can you give me an example of a guild night and a hackathon respectively?
2: Yeah, so Guild Nights, we have every Thursday, and they range uh, everything from we've had talks on... Um, yeah. Prepper on months? Prepper mo- we've had talks from uh, Metasploit to uh, counterfeiting currency with Secret Service people in attendance in the audience. Um, we've had everything from Start Your Own LLC to... I mean, just... We, we try to make it pretty broad. Um, so that's every Thursday night there in person and live stream now because of the pandemic. Um, So our members tune in or they join us, uh, hear a a speaker. Um, And then we have other events like hackathons. We'll have OWASP that comes in. They do their CTFs uh, with security innovations. We've had partnerships with the 75th innovation command um, where they've come in and, and taught people, Gidra and Ida, we've had CTFs that way. We ha- we're having a CTF for the baseline students on Friday to kind of wrap up, do a capstone for their whole project. Joey will be um, competing in that. So I've got my money on him actually. So. <laughs> I can see it already, an
0: accordion-shaped box that like sniffs all the Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> We love you, Joey. A little, little bit of fun there. Okay, so I guess my question would be, what is a good first step for people who want to get involved, right? Because you got a lot going on, which sure. is a good
2: thing, yeah. right? Absolutely a good thing.
0: But it's a lot. So like, what is you know, let's say you want to make an approach?
2: Should you go to one of these guild nights? Should you? Yeah, know, we, we actually we, we have that quite often, you know, people will um, hit us up on social media or come in. And we don't, you know, try to push membership on them, like immediately, like use car salesman. We're like, hey, you know, to a guild night tune into a live stream. Be active in the in the Slack channel where you can see our members interact and ask questions. And if it's something that's going to benefit you in your career, then become a monthly member. Um, you know, you've got twenty four seven access to the building. You've got at least five talks a month, and so you can start there. That would probably be the best thing.
1: And I just go further on on that too, uh, Michael. So we kind of we kind of started this community really organically. So the, the idea of the Undercroft, you know, originated with a white paper that was written by a few of us in the security community all the way back in 2013. Kind of, you know, went through multiple iterations. You know, I personally was the associate director for Florida Center for Cybersecurity when it was standing up, um, stood up the, uh, the SecureSec campus here in Ebor City um, before they were acquired by WeWork. That's actually how Chris and I met before we started the Undercroft. But we Really, we created more of what I call a pull versus a push system. So like Chris mentioned, you don't see us, you know, with paid advertising on social media, you know, popping up when you're, you know, scrolling through your news feed saying, join the Undercroft, join the Undercroft. I'd say a lot of our membership has come through kind of grassroots referrals in the community. So I hate to sound kind of weird, like for lack of a better word, but it's <laughs> almost like to be one ask one is how the guild has kind of grown organically. Um, now that we've got baseline going, we're actually going to be launching a new website here in the coming um coming months. I'm sure you're aware everybody was impacted by the pandemic and we were really starting to hit our stride going into February with programming. Guild was ramping up and then, you know, boom, we get hit with COVID and we were like, okay, so how can we pivot here to continue to to provide value to our members when, you know, half of the reason they're a member isn't really available, especially in the month of March when people aren't co-working, people are leaving their house for a lockdown. Right. And that's when Chris really, you know, And the entire team out here just immediately just said, Hey, we can start delivering this content digitally. And it was great. Some of the feedback we've got from members and Chris, I don't know if you know this. the one was a dad, a single dad at home. That's one of our members that, uh, you know, he actually, I think wrote to us and said, you know, I I thank God that you guys have kept this community going, even though we can't be physically together because I was kind of circling the uh, the drain here. And I've, I found this as an outlet that so I can actually tune in and we do our streams very interactive. So we have a very active Slack channel, you know, any topic you can think of from RF. We've got groups that just tested out to get their ham radio license and we're going to be building our own uh, uh, repeater system out here at the Undercroft. So really kind of going through the pandemic, it was, you know, let's sustain our guild membership, figure out how we can create more value for members, create more collisions between members, residents and partners. And really kind of piggyback on something else that Chris mentioned when we were talking about, you know, residents, one of the interesting things we've seen, you know, pre-pandemic and even going through the pandemic was if we've got two members that have their own little side LLCs where they find that one of them has a missing piece of the puzzle and the other person has that other piece of the puzzle. The next thing you know, they're teaming up, signing up for an office where they're splitting the space and starting to work on joint projects together yeah. um, to make additional money or, you know, they might have taken a pay cut in their full-time job due to the pandemic. It's kind of, kind of been interesting to see how that played out. And, and you'll see, you'll probably hear a lot more from us going through um, August um, and going into October when we'll be launching our next iteration of, uh, of Baseline, which we, we plan to offer four times a year moving forward, is you'll start to see kind of that pull system. So, for example, our first group of Baseline students, we got, what, 10, 13? I forget how many
2: we had. Uh, a few remote. Twelve total.
1: Twelve total. Most of them, you know, came in as non-members. So they actually, they came in just for Baseline. I guarantee you probably at least 75 to 80 percent of them, once they finish the program, will end up joining the guild to continue to uh, refine their skills and actually keep them fresh and be engaged with the community of practice we've built here.
0: Awesome. So I usually wrap up with two questions. And so there's two of you. It's double the fun, right? (laughs) Uh, One is very hard and one is very easy. Which one would you like first? Take the hard one first. That's what I was thinking. Uh, The hard one. And then (laughs) you can each answer separately or together however you want to do it. Okay. What question should I have asked you, but I either didn't know to ask you or just simply failed to ask you?
1: I know what it was. Um, you forgot to ask how you can join us for our live stream on Thursday with uh, Assistant <laughs> Director John Felker. We'd love to welcome you as a guest, Michael, so you can have an insight into uh, into the uh, what we do for a guilt night.
2: <laughs> when is that?
0: That was a good answer,
2: by the way. That was very, yeah. Uh, cool. That was uh, it's going to be Thursday night at six PM. I'll uh, I'll email you the link um, so that you can you can join us through the live stream. Man, that that is a tough question. Um, I would say. <laughs> Put people in the spot. Yeah, he must have been a
1: teacher in a previous life. You know, I,
2: I would say um, maybe the cost of membership. Um, although I know we don't want to make this into a sales pitch, but um, I'd say just the cost of a membership. And you know, we've tried to structure that in between like a CrossFit gym and a Hacker Space. So we're we're like right in the middle there, um, right around that hundred dollars a month mark uh, to get going. But like I said earlier, we encourage people to come hang out, visit. Check out the events before they um, decide to become a member.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned hackerspace. Just as a little tangent. Sure, this sounds a lot like I remember uh, back before I moved down here, back in Jersey. Mm-hmm. There was a local hackerspace that went out of business. Very sad, mm-hmm. but very similar, right? Like a firm would come in. Like Google came in once. Was like, here's this new API we have, and you all get you know free access for right. a month. Right. Build something, and the winner gets. I think at the time they were pushing like the Google app engine, you get thousand bucks in app engine credits. Is it that, I know that's obviously development orientated, but is it oriented, not orientated? That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it the same? Idea? So it sounds to me like this might be me just like trying to shoehorn it into a development hole, but it sounds like it's kind of the same idea, but with the security focus.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. I, I mentioned that hackathon we had with partnered with the 75th innovation command, you know, they sure. brought money in, for that, that hackathon and just had people find bugs and they were, they paid out, I think it was close to 2,500 bucks in one day, which is not a lot, but for a member, I think Ty, uh, Ty Modo, um, was his first introduction here. So he basically won like second or third place and he got his membership basically covered for a year and he's gone on to do great things while being here. So yeah, that's one of the other things too, is, is we, are trying to line up partnerships where we get iot devices for people to come just basically beat the hell out of and find vulnerabilities so yeah we're we're partnering with certain organizations here in the next couple of months to hopefully bring more of that in awesome awesome so the easy question then uh, and i think i just heard a windows chime but the easy question is (laughs) what does your workstation look like i'll take that one first so my workstation um i've got um you know i like I mentioned before, I'm not cybersecurity practitioner. Um, I, I do videos, I do art, I do graphics, all of that stuff. So I've got my production set up in the studio that we have here, the production studio, a couple of monitors. Yeah, that's what I'm rolling with.
1: And I got my, uh, my trusty laptop, uh, one of the things I'm excited about recently. I finally had enough money to purchase some new monitors, so I actually tried the curved monitors out here the last couple of weeks. Um, which I'm enjoying. I really got to my L-shaped sit-to-stand desk that, you know, we've been very blessed that a lot of organizations have donated uh, furniture to us over the past few months. So we actually got to a point where we had so much tech and equipment that was donated to us, we had to pull the trigger on a a storage facility down on Adamo to uh, store the overflow um, while we look at expanding long-term. But uh, yeah, we're a pretty simple setup. We're, you know, we're everywhere.
2: You know, Adam (laughs) is you know, running the high level, doing the CEO thing. So he's got his laptop and monitors. I'm doing my graphic thing. The members, uh, we we had a challenge one time during a live stream and it was like, okay, send in a picture of your rigs. And these rigs that people are just working on, they're just crazy looking. I mean, they're just custom built rigs, the fastest computers I've ever seen crap everywhere um so
1: can't wait for aces talk on Skynet. yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) so our members definitely uh beat us as far as setups nice not a competition (laughs) all right guys so where should we send everybody yeah you can send everybody to uh the undercroft.net it's pretty simple and then on all social media we're the undercroft hq and yeah anybody's
1: interested in taking advantage of you know uh auditing a, a guild event they can even email us directly at info at the undercroft.net um, we all monitor the email we're very easy to get in get in touch with um, and we look forward to hopefully hearing from some of your listeners
0: yeah sounds great I'm, I'm sure you will um, alright thanks guys for coming on and all those links and uh, social accounts will be in the show notes for folks so you don't have to pause and you know try to rewind to hear it correctly. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Once COVID is over, I can't wait to swing by. I'm super jealous of Joey down there. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hold you to that,
1: one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll definitely swing by. Take it easy, guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks.